Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Cinema Gems. And as always, I'm your host, the Admirable Admiral. And as always, we are in a video store somewhere in your hometown. So come find us. Yes, video stores still exist. And of course, guys, the fantastic Miss Frida is gnawing on her jackalope antler with a silent G. And also, the Honorable Tesla is snug as a bug in a rug in his doggy bed. Waiting to hear from the illustrious Butt Maestro himself. How's it going, buddy? Hey, everyone. Uh, welcome back to Cinema Gems. We're another show on the internet where we mostly talk about movies. Uh, we're just a bunch of opinionated nerds and we talk about what we love. Uh, now, if you've been with Cinema Gems for a while, you've known that the pattern we've been following for the last year or so, maybe more than that, uh, is mostly going with anniversaries. Just like coincidental, what is having an anniversary this year? And when the Admiral was listing off movies that had anniversaries this year, one of the movies he listed was this amazing movie from 1998, I believe, Admiral? Yes, 1998, yes. Uh, Small Soldiers. Now, before we get into this movie, I need to, to specify, uh, this is the movie that so many teachers, and I do have personal experience on this, accidentally put on in their classroom full of, I'm going to say younger than third graders, uh... <laughs> thinking that this was another toy story now yep, i need i can't agree with that i need y'all to get into the twitter uh at cinema gems underscore pod or email us at cinema gems 15 at gmail.com uh and let me know how long into the movie did your te did it take for your teacher to realize oh maybe not a kid's movie <laughs> i think for mine it was about halfway um, I don't, I, I don't think I watched it with any teachers. I think I was watching it at home with like my mom or my dad that picked it up like from the video store, uh, yeah. A, yeah, a couple years, like a year later. And, you know, I was, I was, I was still like 10, you know, when this movie was out on VHS, but like still legit, my parents were like, Oh God, no, this is too violent. Like, there's a point in the movie where the allegory is, hey, this is America. Yep. They don't say it, but it's pretty much America. The, the very simple premise of this movie, uh, a bunch of independent toy makers uh, played by David Cross and Jay Moore, who are fucking awesome in this. Uh, David Cross just playing a nerd, a designer, an artist who has a vision uh who has some characters in his head that it really that he really loved in the creation process and really went all out with them. And he's pitching these characters to the huge conglomerate that bought their t small toy manufacturer hey, company. Hey, you better name it. It's Globetex, okay? It's Globetex. Globetex. Yep. <clears throat> and uh, he's pitching the Gorgonites to Globe to the new CEO of Globetech, played amazingly by Dennis Leary. Yes. Yes, Dennis Leary. Uh, and Dennis Leary is like, oh, you know what? Fuck the Gorgonites. The Gorgonites are, are fucking like aliens. They're ugly. What about these dudes? The Commando Elite. They're awesome. You know how we're going to pitch this? The Commando Elite squashes bugs like the Gorgonites. And David Cross is just like sitting there heartbroken like, but they're my babies. They're the good guys. They, they don't do anything. They just explore and protect themselves. Uh... Yeah, the the Murica allegory hits really hard from jump. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, 
Uh, and then uh, basically the, they have to speed up. They have to cut the process in half of manufacturing and testing toys. Instead of six months, which are usually allowed to get six to eight months to ten months is usually, you know, what you do for a toy and then it's released. But apparently um, Dennis Leary's character is like, I want three months done. So uh, what does Jay Moore do? Um, there yeah, he takes some shortcuts. Yep, he, he gets uh with the the thousand the thousand microprocessor chips, state of the art. Um, apparently their yep. their only weakness is EMPs. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, which is why apparently they weren't they they were cut short in military use. Yeah, yeah, and well, um, I I I know what I know what an EMP is. I know the butt maestro knows what an EMP is. And when this movie yes, came out, we've seen when this we've movie seen came countless yeah. uh, countless sci-fi movies about you know, where EMPs are like, yeah, we're gonna wipe everything out. Yeah, this came out in '98. Yeah, but I love that at this time it's just like EMPs, EMPs. Oh, electromagnetic pulse, and I'm just like, oh wow. We we know. We we know we haven't we we we've, because we we've sat through the '90s and early 2000s and every movie that has ever look extra points to NS, any uh, listeners any cinemaniacs who can list off the most movies they've seen where they mansplain what an AMP is. Well, see the thing is that I think was it Captain America and uh, Civil was it Civil War? They used an EMP and they never specified it was an EMP, but it ba- it is an EMP and they never specified it was. I was like, oh wow, Marvel's got the fucking balls to just be like, oh this is happening, that's it. We're not explaining anything else. Yeah, honestly, that's like peak movie making right there. Is okay. We've made enough movies mansplaining what an EMP is. So we're just going to use it and you know what it is just from how it acts. Yep. Yep. Like I want more movies to do that. Yeah. Um okay, well we're 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 done talking about EMPs. And so we're going to talk about this movie now. Okay, so we have the director, Joe Dante, who's also known as the director of Gremlins. Who's who Yeah, I didn't put that together until you told me 5 minutes before we started rolling. Yep. That that little bit of knowledge makes this movie make so much more sense. Yep. Like it really recontextualizes everything that happens in this movie. I mean, he <laughs> everything going wrong. He he also did matinee, which I love matinee. That's probably my favorite John Goodman uh, role. And it came out in '93, so hey, we might be reviewing that this year. Um, Looney Tunes back in action. Uh, Explorers. The Burbs, Gremlins 2, um, Piranha, The Howling. He's directed a bunch of stuff. And you know how you know how you have directors that choose their favorite composers? But Maestro, would you like to take the reins and talk about good old JG? A- you are absolutely right. And as we've gone over on this show many times, you can really link certain directors to certain composers that they prefer we've gone over this several times uh joe dante as the admiral pointed out really loves jerry goldsmith and what the fuck isn't to love about jerry goldsmith the guy that wrote most of the star trek themes um uh wrote the score for mulan countless other things you have heard jerry goldsmith's work he is one of the iconic modern film composers yep there you go hawaiian detective we did it. 
We mentioned Jerry Goldsmith. We did. Yeah, Hawaiian Detective. If uh, if Jerry Goldsmith is your favorite modern film composer, modern uh, instrumental orchestral composer, big salute. You have a, you are a man of good taste. Mm. Uh, and also uh, a couple of a couple of fun facts about this. Um, I love that uh, apparently uh, Joe Dante originally wanted Arnold Schwarzenegger to be uh, Chip Hazard. That would have been really funny. I think it would have been borderline too much. Uh, he w- and it also mm-hmm. would have it would have taken away from the America yeah, of it all. He wanted the uh, he wanted the cast of the Predator, the nineteen eighty seven Predator movie, to do the voices of the commando elite. No, I think if if anything, I think Schwarzenegger should have voiced the uh, the Gorgonites. <laughs> that would have been hilarious. Yes. I know. <laughs> uh, and then uh, of course uh, Or or maybe not Maybe not the the Gorgonites if he did any of the Commando Elite, just not Major Chip oh, Hazard. Oh, okay. Because Major Chip Hazard was absolutely perfectly played by Tommy yep. Lee Jones, who was just at a one hundred the whole time with no chill whatsoever. Yeah, no. I, to be honest with you, I think that this is such a good voice acting role. I'm just like, damn, maybe Tommy should, Tommy Lee Jones should just do voice acting from now on. Yeah. Right. He's literally. And did you perfect. catch the, did you catch that patent reference? Oh, I absolutely did. I was dying. Was, was that, was that music patent or. I think it was. And give me a second to double check this. Uh, but I think that was also composed by Jerry Goldsmith. I'm not entirely sure. I'll, I'll, Let me I'll, I'll, check. Ba- I'll, I'll pad for time. Uh, but uh, please, but please also... Um, it was! It totally was! Yeah, this is literally Jerry Goldsmith using his own soundtrack in a different movie. <laughs> That's so fucking funny. Um... And uh, Stan Winston, you know, uh, the guy who helped uh, create all the special effects and all that. He also worked on uh, Star Wars. And Wait, did he did he work oh on Star Wars? Oh, my God. I know he worked on uh, John Carpenter's The Thing. Um, but he helped. He actually went and met with Hasbro to understand how toys work to make it better. He did the special effects for Terminator, Jurassic Park, Terminator 2. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Batman Returns, Interview with a Vampire, Galaxy Quest, uh, Austin Powers 2. Man, he did a shit ton of stuff. I mean, I know he did a shit ton of stuff, but man. Oh, yeah, he did The Thing. Yep. He, oh, man. He, mm. Oh, God. I, I, I'm just sorely sad that he's uh, he's not with us anymore. Uh, he died in 2008. Mm. Um, and yeah. what is it? Uh, oh. Um. And I love the the little gremlins reference when he's like, "Remember this password. Remember it, and it's a private one." Oh, mine's Gizmo. Gizmo. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Yep." Yeah. You know, tip of the hat, Joe Dante. That that was that was a fun tip little wink hat. and nod. That was really cute. Um. Uh, speaking of cute, though, uh, not too long into this movie. We get introduced to the toys that have been manufactured with these chips that make them way too fucking smart. Uh, Alan 
takes the the Gorgonites home with him because he realizes that the Commando Elite have come alive and are trying to brutally murder and eviscerate the Gorgonites and anything that stands in between them. Yes. Uh, I, I don't think uh, uh, Larry Benson or Gil Mars had any idea like exactly how catastrophic this would be. Like, no, it's not just toys playing with each other. <laughs> They it is all out goddamn oh, war. I love I love um, that they use psychological warfare. Takes the Gorgonites home and the Gorgonites uh, uh, and oh, chemical yeah. warfare. I was like, oh my god. I I just need to talk about how fucking cute the Gorgonites are though, because Archer is so fucking cool and stoic, and you can't tell me that you didn't love Archer when you were a kid. That you didn't want to low key be Archer emissary um, of the so Gorgonites. I, I, uh, so. <laughs> uh i so i did have from the burger king toys i did have the archer one and uh and the little eye stock monster with the suction cups i had that one yeah i believe i also got archer and uh oh. insaniac the one that looks and sounds and acts yeah which like is basically Freezer. um and i love the cast the, the was it the dirty half dozen you said is the cast of uh, the Commando Elite. Yeah, the and Commando I love Elite. that yep. Spinal Tap is the Gorgonites. And I was just like, yep, that's an accurate description of why I like the Gorgonites better. Yep. 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 Oh, the Gorgonites are fucking great. Because you've got Slam Fist, who's just a big baby. And he's just really shy. And I'm like, oh, buddy. Uh, I believe that. <laughs> but, uh, I... I think I didn't have it, but I had a friend in uh, in middle school who had punch it and scratch it. Oh, nice! The the big dude and the little slingshot, little motherfucker. Oh. Oh my god, these uh. these things were so well designed. Like I, one of the best things about this movie is they put so fucking much effort into the design of these characters because they don't feel generic. Right, except for maybe the Commando Elite to an extent, but even then, there's so much creativity put into it. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse yeah. me. Um, also, uh, this is one of the last PG-13 movies to be ever sold on VHS uh, in the clamshell case. Wow. Yeah, no, we do have to reiterate, this is not a PG movie, y'all. This is PG-13. Yep, it it's is. It's pretty fucked up in parts, actually. Um, also, did you catch the, uh, the crawling eye when... Uh, when they were watching wrestling and they changed the channel and it's the horror movie of the crawling eye from 1958. I love that. I thought it was great. That was great. All right. So basically the chips make the software work to the fullest extent possible, um, that they're in. And basically, uh, Oh God. What Sam Witwicky's dad, yeah, that's who that is. It's Sam Woodwicky. Yep. Mr. Abernathy. Yep, 100%. 100%. Um, that's uh, him. Runs a toy shop, but it's a it's mainly for models and stuff, but he, like, advertised it as an all-toy store. Uh, so, Dick Miller, which... Played, played by Kevin Dunn. Kevin Dunn was the, the name you were looking for. Oh, okay. <clears throat> uh, Dick Miller, which... Excuse me. He shows up in every goddamn fucking joe dante movie and that's is he's he's a joe dante regular yeah yeah 
Like, okay. he helped Joe Dante get his start, so Joe Dante repaid him by putting him as a cameo in each of his movies. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. Um, so he shows up and he's like a, he's like a, a, I get a delivery person and he drops off. He's like, Oh, Hey, can I have these? And he's like, what are you talking about? Are you telling me that nothing in your entire career has ever fallen off a truck? And I love how Dick Miller's like, I don't like your tone. It's too loud. Here you go. <laughs> you owe me one. You owe me 12. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. There's a, there's a, Small difference between, uh, hey, can, can we just pretend this like one candy bar or one inconsequential thing fell off this truck? Later on, when they mentioned how individually expensive these toys were, I don't remember, I don't know if you caught the number, Admiral, but I think I caught the number and it was in the 70s. Yeah, I think it was like 79.99. Yeah. Uh, which in 1990s dollars was already a lot. You may do the calculation. In in modern dollars, that's probably going to be well over a hundred dollars per toy. I'll do the calculation. You go ahead and you go ahead and talk about the, uh, talk about the plot. Uh, well, yeah, these way too expensive toys mysteriously fall off this dude's truck they start battling each other because oops they're way too smart and oops all the commando elite are oops all bigots uh and they really hate the gorgonites and they really hate anything that helps the gorgonites so they're just like hell bent on wiping them out and fucking mutilating them it's rough uh alan takes the gorgonites home to try to protect them and to learn more about them and he does all while talking to uh, his neighbor, uh, who also just came by like the previous day with her little brother. Uh, this neighbor played by Kristen Dunst, by a baby Kristen Dunst, who I borderline didn't recognize. Yeah. Uh, she is adorable. Um, you ready for that price difference? They start talking about these. They they start talking about this. Uh, these toys, yeah. Give me the price difference. Uh, what what's the inflation? So seventy nine ninety nine for nineteen ninety eight dollars would be a hundred and forty three dollars and thirteen cents in today's dollars. Ooh, I was close. I was so fucking close. Yep. Jesus Christ. Yeah that that is the price of like two video games. Yeah. For one toy. Yep. For, for a toy with a military-grade microchip. That's fucking insane. Uh, and do you want to talk about Kristen uh, Dunst's dad, who's played by Phil Hartman in this? I, I think you really wanted to talk about Phil Hartman, because it is actually really fucking sad. Uh, the circumstances of this, the release of this movie compared to his life. So, um, I don't want to mention um, details about his death, because um, I was a child when it was released, and I don't really know the full implications of it, but it was a... It was a horrible tragedy that happened to to him, um, but I would all- I, I would encourage our listeners to Google it at their own risk. Yes, um, it's very traumatizing, so there are trigger warnings. Um, uh, but this movie was the last live action uh, release of him, of him, of his acting, um, a month and a half. Yeah. Uh, posthumously. Yeah, uh, I I did not know that going into this yeah. movie. <laughs> it is 
an amazing feat because he was at the height of his power. There was literally talks of a Troy McClure movie. Yes, the gentleman who did the voice of Troy McClure was also Phil Hartman. The gentleman on news radio was also Phil Hartman. He is an amazing character actor, and he did a fucking phenomenal job in everything that was in. He would give 154%, and it did not feel like he was giving 154%. He did an amazing job with everything that he was given, and it's sad that he was taken down in his prime. But at least we have the roles that we have to remember him by. That's that's all I want to say. Oh, no, beautifully said. Um, And he is a pivotal part of this movie because he plays his character has an arc his character has a surprising arc where like he is the shitty way too rich for his own good neighbor next door who's setting up the obnoxious fucking satellite dish that is inconveniencing all of his neighbors uh and by halfway through more than halfway through the movie uh when the commando elite are legitimately just like treating this small block of houses like an isolated war zone uh which oh yeah about halfway through this movie when the commando elite are like starting to take some hits because the humans are fighting back uh they enlist the help of and i want to make sure i get the names right of uh gwendy dolls yeah and you know who does the voice of them Please tell the listeners, because you told me this before we started rolling. So, and, uh, yeah, makes a lot of so sense. So I don't know. So there was two voices for the dolls, and I don't know which doll was which, if they ever recorded their lines together or not. But one is Sarah Michelle Geller, a.k.a. Buffy, and also Christina Ritchie. Yep. And. Yep. It's, oh my God. And it's confusing and hot, and I guess the butt maestro put it best. What did you say? If you want to specify on air, confused boner. Is that what you specify? Yeah. Confused boner. Yep. 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 You ever watch a movie and you're like, "Why am I turned on by this?" Yep. That happens a lot more than it should. That that would be yeah. why. Um, and so you know, and also we also want to talk about that this movie was released right around the. Like right before the hype of the Furby move, the Furbies. Like, oh like so, and the Furbies were also like, oh, they record everything that you say. They're actually banned, I think, in January of nineteen ninety nine, of being in any government buildings. Wow. Wow. Because they basically record That's everything nuts. that you said. That's fucking yeah. nuts. It is. And it's weird that this movie came out like six months before those were, well, not six months, but but around the holiday season around that time, that was a big, like, thing was in Furby in 1998. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, also, did you love the outdated technology of them doing the VHS of Kristen Dunst, like, recording her? Oh, it was so good. It was yeah. so good. Um, there. So how did you feel about the already, so not the Jerry Goldsmith music, but... The sound choices that they picked, like for Led Zeppelin, and I heard Rush in there every once in a while. Um, uh, I remembered the Spice Girls scene when I was a kid. I, I remember that, like that, 
more than anything in this movie stood out to me because of the mom getting way too into hitting back these little fireballs like she's playing tennis. Which are basically, they were just tennis balls on fire. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Um, two. So tell me what you want, what you really, really want. Which, uh, also, can we talk about the, the, the other neighbor's wife straight up on volume well that was that was that was also for, it was a sleep aid and it was basically the commando elite which i don't know how phil hartman wasn't drugged more than he was because they had about the same yeah he I, he did drink a little yeah. bit of that didn't he yeah he did uh but how she loved it was her favorite song um uh and also Oh, it's yeah, and also uh, let's talk about this weird rumor that they had going around uh, at the school of uh, Kristen Dunst and uh, Alan's school that Alan has moved away from a bunch of schools because he got kicked out of ten schools, but apparently he only get, got kicked out of two, and one of them was because uh, there was a parent teacher day and he threatened the school with something. And they were, and he was like, all right, cool, well, you're caught now. And it's like, wow. Like, can we have the prequel to that? Like, what happened there? Like, mm-hmm. why is he, why was he acting out that much? Projective, uh, projective aggression? Like, come on. Come on, man. I don't know. It's, it's, it was great to see positive talk about therapy in the late 90s. Oh, absolutely. And it's just like, wow, we've come so far. We've come so far. Um, uh, And I know there's a character that you want to talk about specifically from Star Trek Voyager. Yeah, uh, Robert Picardo plays the eccentric, does what he does best. And he plays an eccentric, weird genius. uh, Just like he does in Star Trek Voyager as the ship's doctor, the hologram. I fucking love his little role in this because he's straight up like, Uh, wait, what do you mean you put this in a toy? Are you insane? Are you fucking stupid? Um, I also mentioned to the But Maestro that Small Soldiers is a prequel to um, Star Trek Voyager because it's it's the same character. I can totally accept that because it does not require him being alive at the time of Voyager. It just requires that dude's consciousness to have existed before the events of yep. Voyager. Exactly. Exactly. Maybe that's the maybe that's the genetics war that they were talking about in Star Trek was the small soldiers. Was it was the Gorgonites and the commando elite fighting Ooh. it out. That's what happened. Okay, I can I can buy that. I can totally yep. buy that. Um, uh, I mean, and then of course the movie ends, and one of my favorite scenes the entire time is I love that uh, that Dennis Leary's helicopter lands in the suburban uh, area, uh, and I love how he goes up to Dick Miller and he goes, "Hey, Joe, is that your truck?" He's like, "Yeah." He's like, "Can you get out of there?" And I like, I was like, "I don't know." The psychological damage, blah blah, and he just rips a check and he goes, "Yeah, I can move it." All right, cool. I'll get rid of it. <laughs> and he goes around. And he's like, "Oh, blah blah this." And I love how. I love how Phil Hartman's just like, you can't, like, you owe us a lot of money. Oh, okay, cool. Just rips a check and walks away. And I love how uh, Mr. Abernathy is just like, you, there's no amount of money that you can ever. And he's like, oh, there is an amount. Okay, cool. And then they just like, all right, cool. Um, And then 
I don't think that David Cross and uh, what's the other guy's name? Joe, uh, ja, uh, Jay Moore. Jay Moore. I don't think they ever got yeah. reprimanded for it. Yeah, probably for the best because it wasn't necessarily their. Fu- I mean, it was it was definitely Jay Moore's fuck up. Yeah, it was more his fault than for anything. Sure. Um, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, that's the movie. Like, we don't really like movies that are well known, like that people watched a lot as a kid. We don't like to go beat by beat because you know, we would rather you watch it and remember it, and then listen to us talk about like the fun facts or our feelings on it or the characters that run it so that's why we kind of do these like anniversary specials where it's just like hey it's the 25th anniversary of small soldiers yes this uh, the 25th anniversary is in july but people the, life's going on a lot so you know so we already have our list of movies that we have listed for the next couple of weeks and small soldiers popped up on prime and we're like we better review it while we can still watch it yep until it goes on another service that we can't um, so yeah, but Maestro, uh, they have a rating system here in Cinema Gems. Full gem, an amazing movie. Half gem, an alright movie. No gem, a horrible movie. But Maestro, what do you give Small Soldiers 1998? Oh, this has to be a whole gem. Whole gem? It, it has to be okay. a whole gem. At least okay. a half a gem. But I, this, I, I, I thought the nostalgia goggles would be really, uh, painful on this movie. Uh, it was still fun. It's still a really fun, kind of fucked up, but weirdly introspective about the United States movie, even for the 90s. Yep. Um, I personally, uh, I also give it a full gem, but I personally loved the entire, well, not the entire, but basically the, you have Jim Brown. Uh, Jim Brown, oh God, he's one of the commando elites. I believe he is... Who is he? Oh, um, ah, is he okay. Nick Nitro, Butch Meathook, no, he, Rick Bazooka, he's Butch Link Meathook, Static, or Kip Gilligan? He's, he's Butch, Butch Meathook, and Kip Gilligan is uh, Ernest Borgnine, which is basically he's basically Mermaid Man. Um, oh my God! Bruce Dern is Link Static. George Kennedy is Brick Bazooka, and Nick Nitro is Clint Howard. Christopher Guest. Uh, from, uh, it, this is not the Commando Elite anymore. These are the um, Gorgonites. Uh, uh, Christopher Guest is Slam Fist and Scratch It. Michael McCain, who's Lenny uh, from Laverne and Shirley, is uh, Einsonic and, Fr- and Freakenstein. And Harry Shearer is Punch It. Um, look, guys, this is literally a movie that you should watch because I don't remember watching that much of it as a kid because... It was turned off halfway through it because it was so violent. But I really say it's more of an allegory for America in the 90s than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. It's one of those movies where you're like, what the fuck? And also, Frank Langella kills it as much as Tommy Lane Jones kills it as Archer and um, Chip Hazard, respectively. Oh, 100%. 100%. It's fucking great. Um, there was, I think, one other thing I wanted to mention, or did I mention everything I wanted to mention? The last thing I wanted to mention was the area code is 330. The Ohio Akron, Ohio area code, the eastern Ohio from a portion of uh, Akron all toward, toward Pennsylvania. 
um, is the 303 area code. I just thought it was weird that we never got to see a license plate to see what state it is, but I like to know those things. So that's it, guys. This was recorded well after. Sorry. Uh, yeah, in the background, you should hear um, the Waltons playing in the background, guys. Back to the regular scheduled program. Um, I think that's everything I wanted to mention. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, and also, guys, please go check it out, because Joe Dante's an, an amazing director, and he should. He should direct more. And I wish people would give him more credit for what he does. Uh, but, yeah, um, I also give it a whole gym as well. Um, Bob Marsher, you got anything else to say before we wrap up? Uh, thank you, as always, to our amazing Cinema Gems uh, friends and family, our Swapper Jacks friends and family. Uh, we love you all so much. Thank you for all the constant support and ideas. Keep it coming. Uh, you can send any of those criticisms, comments, anything to cinemagems15 at gmail.com. And as long as Twitter is still a thing, you can also send it to the Twitter uh, at cinemagems underscore pod. Uh, yes, thank you, Marty and the Arrogant Observer, for allowing us to be on your website, lowerinpictures.com. Also, Kevin George, thank you for letting us use your, your music. And also, guys, all we have to say is to remember that it's fine to take time for yourself and also to take time to help, uh, to take time to yourself before you can help others. Be kind to yourself so you can be kind to others. Yeah. And also, guys, just remember that there are things going on in the world that you cannot control. Like, we don't know what's going to happen with anything that's going to happen in the next week or two. We have no control over that, so don't have anxiety over it. Relax and worry about you and yourself and your friends and family if you choose to. Anybody you allow to be in your life is a person that you want to have reaction to or, or worry about or anything. It's okay to only care about those few people. It's not a bad thing. Just remember that you should treat people how you want to be treated. So whenever you talk to someone... 100%. 100%. Whenever you talk to someone, give them the benefit of the doubt. Make sure that you view it. You walk a mile in their shoes first before you react. Treat anyone with kindness. Because it, it's basically, it's free to be a kind person. It's free. So just make sure they do that. And I know that seems kind of like harsh, like be fucking kind. But look, guys, there's a lot of harshness going on in the world. And that's the least we can do to anyone that we come in interactions with. Guys. Uh, I actually did get a little bit of a comment from a listener, a Swapper Jacks listener, as a matter of fact, uh, who has not given me an on-air alias to name them by. But you know who you are. Uh actually pointed out how much they like that we do the little like spontaneous empathy corner at the end of every episode oh nice <laughs> because it's a it's a little bit of a left turn from talking about movies for almost an hour and then suddenly we're just very aggressively remi- reminding you take care of yourself damn it drink water we love you do it um and of course of course guys to all that knows the honorable Tess's birthday is uh may 4th um Yay. And he was barking. It's very appropriate for a little Yoda. Yeah. He was barking earlier. He wanted to let me know, to let you guys know, that it was his birthday on Good Thursday. Good boy. Of course, he's a little rubble rouser. He likes to make sure that anybody that drops off with a big box truck, he's like, Row! I gotta tell him! I gotta tell him! 
But look, guys, that's all we got to say is just remember to wipe your hooves and see you later. But remember, black lives always matter, guys. Always. All right, guys. Love y'all. Bye. Bye. If anything, I think Schwarzenegger should have voiced the uh, the Gorgonites.